And then, the CDC and Dr. Fauci said, You won't just have to wear your mask today, or tomorrow, but forever! <laughs> scary, right? That's so scary! Spooky stories with Will Wommel. <laughs> you don't even have a mic. Oh, oh, you forget, I forgot my microphone. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully you guys could hear I that. I think you guys heard it because he said it pretty loud. I think that was a pretty good horror scream, by the way. No, I that was pretty good. Myself. It was a good shriek. <laughs> Thank you very You're a much. Shrieker. <laughs> You're a shrieker. <laughs> Thank you. Let me go ahead and turn this spooky music off. You guys might be too scared to keep watching. Yeah, I mean, the CDC is pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. Now... We're going to get into our stream for the day. You might be wondering, why did we open with that? And I ask you guys that every single time we open a stream. But today is Friday the 13th. So uh, to close out this stream today, we're going to bring you guys some spooky stories. But to start off, the spookiest thing of them all is a little thing called mass psychosis. <laughs> that, is, that sounds pretty <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's it extremely terrifying. The scariest thing of all is reality that we're living through. That's yes. true. On, that's why I made a story that was like reality. <laughs> it's very true. Um, now, what we're going to show you is a video that we kind of circulated through our little team this morning uh, called Mac mass psychosis how an entire population becomes mentally ill now this was shocking for me to watch i'm sure it was shocking for taylor and and will to watch as well uh, as well as scott and tyler if you guys want to say hi Woo! <laughs> we'll get them two um, separate mics eventually yeah eventually they will have their own mic yeah. but uh you know interns don't ever get their own mics meanwhile tyler gets to be close to scott <laughs> So jealous. <laughs> Lucky man. It's Lucky the one guy. win that he gets. Um, <laughs> let's get into this video on mass psychosis. See how you guys feel about it. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste, preferring to deify error if error seduce them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. According to the psychologist Carl Jung, the greatest threat to civilization lies not with the forces of nature, nor with any physical disease, but with our inability to deal with the forces of our own psyche. We are our own worst enemies, or as the Latin proverb puts it, man is a wolf to man. In Civilization in Transition, Jung states that this proverb is a sad yet eternal truism. And our wolf-like tendencies come most prominently into play at those times of history when mental illness becomes the norm. Yeah, let's pause right there for a second. When mental illness becomes the norm, and we've covered this on uh, the podcast several times before, but mental illness really is the norm today. Uh, we we did an interview uh, with uh, Erica Common commissar which we're going to show you after this and she talks about the rise of mental illness especially when it comes to our younger generations abigail schreier talks about it quite a bit as well and there's been several studies that state since the 1950s when we actually truly started studying mental illness mental illness cases uh, and rates of mental illness specifically with young people have risen to unprecedented numbers and that's where we're at right now and there are a lot of different reasons for that social media there is um things you're eating all sorts of different stuff but what I like about Jung is that Jung also, he doesn't just give you this, this mass psychosis and say that that's the end. 
he gives it to you and says that you are able to escape this type of mass psychosis. This isn't some mental deformity or something that you're born with. This is something that is developed as a mass psychosis and that you can become like talking about the wolf inside of you and all that. It's more like talking about your shadow self and how you can use your shadow self to become a better person by embracing that part of your mind. Right. And you look at this little the cartoon of the man looking in the mirror and the, and the wolf is him. And that's how we've become. We we are we are self-regulating our own oppression, our own psychosis in the society. And normalizing mental illness has become part of that. I can't tell you how many young Gen Z people I see on social media uh, and making YouTube videos and on Instagram and Twitter talking about their mental illness in a way that is meant to normalize it for, for people around them. And to say, you know, this is a completely normal thing to be feeling. This is not some sort of disorder. And we should all just embrace the times when we we feel uh, majorly depressive or, or extremely anxious. And it's not to say that you need to run away from those feelings, but to make mental illness the standard of a society is a super dangerous thing. You have to overcome it. And then people turn to drugs and alcohol and promiscuity and all sorts of other horrible things. I mean, one in six people in America are addicted to some sort of substance in this country. What does that tell you about where we are as a nation when people have to use those constantly as coping mechanisms for their own lives. Yeah, completely right. Completely right. And especially with, with mental illness, that, that seems to be the solution is here. Here's a prescription. Here's another medication. Here's something to help uh, placate these feelings that you're having. Uh, let's keep watching. Rather than the exception in a society, a situation which Jung termed a psychic epidemic. Indeed, it is becoming ever more obvious, he writes, that it is not famine, not earthquakes, not microbes, not cancer, but man himself, who is man's greatest danger to man, for the simple reason that there is no adequate protection against psychic epidemics, which are infinitely more devastating than the worst of natural catastrophes. In this video, we are going to explore the most dangerous of all psychic epidemics, the mass psychosis. A mass psychosis is an epidemic of madness, and it occurs when a large portion of a society loses touch with reality and descends into delusions. Such a phenomenon is not a thing of fiction. Two examples of mass psychoses are the American and European witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries, and the rise of totalitarianism in the 20th century. During the witch hunts, thousands of individuals, mostly women, were killed, not for any crimes they committed, but because they became the scapegoats of societies gone mad. In some Swiss villages, writes Francis Hill, there were scarcely any women left alive after the frenzy had finally burned itself out. When a mass psychosis occurs, the results are devastating. Jung studied this phenomenon and wrote that the individuals who make up the infected society become morally and spiritually inferior. They sink unconsciously to an inferior intellectual level. They become more unreasonable irresponsible, emotional, erratic, and unreliable, and worst of all, crimes the individual alone could never stand are freely committed by the group smitten by madness. Yeah, think about that in our society today. Think about everything that he just said and see if you can find any parallels because I can think of thousands. Yeah, like seeing Black Lives Matter protesters and go out and commit violence, you wouldn't see one protester go out and do that. But if you get a whole group of them together, mm -hmm. then they are going to feel self-righteous about what they're doing within their delusions and go and hurt people, kill people, riot, destroy things. Then they're going to feel fine within their 
their own created world because there's a group think of people doing that. Yeah, and all susceptible to these delusions that are not based in fact and not based in logic. And they they just fall for this narrative. And again, like the video said, they pick a villain. There's always a villain to these sort of revolutionary movements that we experience, especially here in America. And the villain is police. The villain is the unvaccinated. The villain is this or that. And, and without logic, without reasoning, without any evidence to back up the way that they think, people go and they go and attack. But it's fair because they get so brainwashed by the mainstream media. Like I never look, again, one of the things people always ask me when doing my videos, they say, how do you talk to these people on the street who are so stupid? How do you not just laugh at them? It's like, I can't laugh at them. First of all, because I'm doing my job and that would be rude of me to laugh at them. Secondly, because that's not going to change anyone's mind. And all these people who I'm talking to, they're not stupid people, okay? Mm -mm. Many of these people could be smarter than you viewers watching, have a higher intelligence, have more life experience, but they've just been duped and brainwashed by people who for their entire lives have told them misinformation. So of course they're going to commit evil deeds. It's like thinking about like the Nazis and people who were in Nazi uniforms in Germany. Like mm -hmm. some of these people in their own lives, in their homes, they could have had good families and were nice people, but they were told that the evil things that they were doing were actually good. And so they fell for this mass lie. And so you have this mass psychosis of people where they believe that the delusions, the things that they are committing, the evil acts that they're doing are actually good. And then they get so confused and bewildered because they don't know what truth is anymore and they've been lied to and then they're able to be completely molded by the state, the bureaucracy, large corporations, whoever the elite is. Yeah. Let's keep watching this video, see what else we can find that parallels to our, our reality. What makes matters worse is that those suffering from a mass psychosis are unaware of what is occurring. For just as an individual gone mad cannot step out of his mind to observe the errors in his ways, so too there is no Archimedean point from which those living through a mass psychosis can observe their collective madness. But what causes a mass psychosis? To answer this question, we must first explore what drives an individual mad. While there are many potential triggers of madness, such as an excessive use of drugs or alcohol, brain injuries and other illnesses, these physical causes will not concern us here. Our concern is with psychological, or what are called psychogenic triggers, as these are the most common culprits of the mass psychosis. The most prevalent psychogenic cause of a psychosis is a flood of negative emotions, such as fear or anxiety, that drives an individual into a state of panic. When in a state of panic, an individual will naturally seek relief, as it is too mentally and physically draining to subsist in this hyper-emotional state. While escaping from the state of panic can be accomplished through adaptive means, such as facing up to and defeating the fear-generating threat, Another way to escape is to undergo a psychotic break. A psychotic break is not a descent into a state of greater disorder, as many believe, but a reordering of one's experiential world, which blends fact and fiction, or delusions and reality, in a way that helps end the feelings of panic. Silvano Arietti, one of the 20th century's foremost authorities on schizophrenia, explains the psychogenic steps that lead to madness. Firstly, there is the phase of panic, when the patient starts to perceive things in a different way, is frightened on account of it, appears confused, and does not know how to explain the strange things that are happening. The next step is what Ariadne calls a phase of psychotic insight, whereby an individual succeeds in putting things together by devising a pathological way of seeing reality which allows him to explain his abnormal experiences. 
The phenomenon is called insight because the patient finally sees meaning and relations in his experiences. But the insight is psychotic because it is based on delusions, not on adaptive and life-promoting ways of relating to whatever threats precipitated the panic. The delusions, in other words, allow the panic-stricken individual to escape from the flood of negative emotions, but at the cost of losing touch with reality, and for this reason, Arietti says that a psychotic break can be viewed as an abnormal way of dealing with an extreme state of anxiety. If a panic-triggering flood of negative emotions in a weak and vulnerable individual can trigger a psychotic break, then a mass psychosis can result when a population of weak and vulnerable individuals is driven into a state of panic by threats real, imagined, or fabricated. Right. Let's think about that. And obviously you could relate this to COVID-19, which is happening right now, and we're going through the phases as we speak. But let's talk about it in relation to the summer of last year with, with BLM. You went through this phase of panic when the media would do nothing but report on black men being killed by police officers, which we all know is not statistically significant and it's not something that is happening uh, on uh, patterned occasions. So we go through a phase of panic with that where, oh my goodness, I'm hearing all these stories. We're feeling that radical empathy that the talks about so often and then we enter the the psychotic insight of of thinking okay i've i've recognized the problem the standard here seems to be that when a black man dies it's at the hand of a police officer therefore i need to be uh, anti-police and then you, you see this defund the police movement rise you see the riots rise you see the protests rise in the streets all of them calling for a restructuring of our police department and in a lot of cases the abolition of our police department it is so easy to let fear and panic sort of cloud your your general judgment and then allow people to plant seeds of a very evil campaigns in your mind and then you will move forward just to escape the panic that you're feeling inside uh, to support these radical ideas yeah but the fear is almost manufactured and then the solution that the people on in charge give you is a manufactured solution that is not a real solution for you escaping your fear or anxiety it is a means to make it so that you are easily controlled so i mean we, we're seeing this all right now i mean you have people and like think about like if you don't align with what they say about the pandemic and all of this stuff going on right now they call you not patriotic they hate you they say you're not helping people they call you a pacifist i mean all of these different things that shame you for not doing this and because the other people around are so afraid of what is going to happen and so because you are not afraid if you're someone who is not fearful of the world around you and you don't experience this mass psychosis then they're going to think that you're a crazy person and that's just the world that we live in so don't be afraid that's my my message i guess with 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 that is that just because other people are afraid around you and pressuring you and saying that oh well you have these governments and corporations and all these people who are telling us that we should be afraid and we have to do these things this way because that's the only way to get away from our fear and anxiety that doesn't mean that you have to Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that's going to be good for you and in all reality it's probably going to be bad for you if you're not making decisions on your own Yeah, and think about the fact that the media, the bureaucrats, the politicians that talk about these purported issues and they share them with you and they're they're plastered everywhere to where you can't run away from them. All each of these people who are the upper echelon of elites uh, and, and, and power in our country have the power, have the ability and have the resources to fix every single problem that they shove down your throat. They all have the resources and the time to do so. In fact, uh, for many of them, it is their job to fix those problems. So when you see them talking about them as if they can do nothing about it and that you're the proprietor of fixing these problems, think one, is the problem real? And two, 
is the person who's communicating this problem to me capable of fixing it? Because uh, more often than not, your answer to question A, is this problem real? is no and then when you're when that's the answer to that question you can think how does this person benefit off of me thinking that this is a problem and again COVID 19 blm how do people benefit from us thinking that this is a problem and you will you will follow that train and you'll find your answer they they ask they talk about in the video how um weak-minded people are the ones who are vulnerable to being controlled through fear um what do you guys think makes someone weak-minded Oh my gosh, there's so many different factors. Uh, I think we, speaking as a young person who is just inundated with, with social media and technology is we've grown so accustomed to, and this video sort of talks about it, we've grown accustomed to the answers being handed to us to not having to seek our own answers. And that inherently makes you a weak-minded person. You don't, you're not adjusting to anything on your own. You're not finding anything on your own. And you, know, you have no accountability to do so anymore because there's someone there to force feed you everything that you know and everything that you will ever learn. So. That inherently makes you a weak person. I think instant gratification, expecting things to happen to you immediately is a sign of a weak person, someone who has no patience, who can't wait for something. And then as well, someone who who knows that there is truth out there, who knows that there are bigger answers, but instead turns away from the truth in favor of a comfortable lie. People who look for comfortable lives over heroic lives are weak-minded people. And I think that's probably the main factor in determining whether or not you're a weak or a strong person. It's not about how physically intimidating you are or, you know, getting bicep tendonitis like me, which I did and it hurts and <laughs> oh sucks. Um, or, you know, any, or eating ribeyes every night as well, like me, like any of these things that, that you can do to kind of prove that like, oh, I'm physically daunting, or maybe I know a ton of information because I read a ton of books about something. It's like, it's not really about that. It's more about being a hero versus having a comfortable life. And if you decide to have a comfortable life where you're not doing anything significant, you are going to be a weak-minded person who is not ready for judgment and pushing yourself forward. Yeah, I think the, um, the center of gravity in our culture has shifted from like a Judeo-Christian framework, which it puts truth as sacred, thou shalt not lie, right? Mm -hmm. um, to a framework of like you're talking about, Will, this instant gratification of like safe spaces, uh, you sure, your ideas, the ideas that we tell you to believe should not be challenged and you should be safe from ideas that challenge your beliefs. And so people just in general, our young people today are not being brought up in an environment where they have to weigh different perspectives. Like even 10, 15 years ago, there was at least this it was all about like new atheists fighting the Christians and hey, we're questioning your beliefs, you're questioning ours. And there's at least a back and forth, but they could both appeal to evidence and they could appeal to reason and they could appeal to arguments. And that that people are at least still strong minded because when things are happening in, in the world that don't make sense, you can weigh it against the evidence and try to and figure out what's going on and appeal to objective truth and evidence to be the arbiter for your disagreements. But now, uh, there, there, there is no, the, the, the value of truth has broken down to where mm -hmm. it's about truth has become subjective. So, um, it's all about your truth and you can't bridge that gap and you can't appeal to, you can't have a shared reality anymore. So now you have this decoupled reality by the weak-minded people mm -hmm. who are just ready, ready to swallow these easy solutions that, uh, those in charge will push down on them who've created the fear and then offer them the easy solution. And it's like a distorted view of reality that it's prepackaged and handled to you. Just, just accept this, accept everything. We'll tell right. you and pat you on the head and, and be content. And, uh, they don't want thinking for yourself is the, what you're not allowed to do. And that's what's under salt today. And that's why we have weak-minded people. And it's People funny. won't wait. People won't wait for answers. 
They won't look for truth and say, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. wait and see what happens. Like exactly. Nick Sandman situation. You guys remember that was CNN. Like people could have waited. And this conservatives too. Conservatives didn't do this either. People don't wait for the information. They're so quick to just say, this is the truth. This is the lies. Like and all that and not wait. If people just had some patience and actually worked hard to like achieve something, have lofty goals, or even just look for truth and know that it takes a while, the world would be in a much better place. But the instant gratification, especially of our generation, mm-hmm. is is truly sickening. Yeah. Because it means that you're supposed to get everything right now, and that's not the way the world works. But it's coupled with this nihilistic view that nothing truly matters, and that sort of plays off what both of you are saying. Is is you're talking about it from sort of the the religious perspective of we we've become increasingly secular, and when a society does that, and all your young people are nihilistic and they believe there's no there's no future to their lives, there's no true meaning to their lives because it goes nowhere after we die. Who's to say not to give in to instant gratification? Who's to say that objective truth even matters and they don't care? Uh, They just want to live in a world where as long as they're here, they're comfortable because it doesn't go anywhere after this. So it's disheartening. (laughs) No, don't be disheartened because it's it's, it's not. If you're a smart person and you're strong, then you can you can battle against it right i mean the encouraging thing is if you're watching the stream more than likely you're somebody who thinks for yourself and Mm -hmm. and uh that is the hope that we still have and uh you're you're still saying you know it's speaking of mass psychosis like and how how the crazy people try to make you think you're the crazy ones we went into we went out for lunch yesterday and uh and also speaking of scary stories um, we went out for lunch yesterday and went to a restaurant down the street and uh we go to sit down and um will is going through the door and the attendant is like hey uh, do you have a mask on? And Will's like, or do you have a mask? And Will's like, oh no. Um, he's like, well, you have to sit outside. And then there was a, a table, like literally, right next, next to the to door, Will, like adjacent, a, literally adjacent, next to the door that Will was already standing in. And he was like, well, can I just sit down? Like the guy wanted him to take a mask, put it on, go walk two steps to sit in that chair, right. and then take the mask off. And there was nobody else in the restaurant. And the guy was like twenty feet away from Will, and he like was putting the pole down like you have to go sit outside because of this is like right but you're the crazy one for no, wanting to for wanting to take a seat without putting the mask on you can't take one step without a mask on because if you do every grandma in america is going to die yeah but that's, that's that that is the level of thinking that we're in yeah. that like that's exactly what they're talking about in this video with people who like yeah. burned witches because they couldn't explain why their crops were successful and someone else's weren't it's like you you're the witch burner in this in this scenario exactly 100%. the phase of panic for that was the media and the world going crazy over COVID 19 and fear-mongering and making you fearful and then they went to the psychotic inside of oh masks will fix it that's one thing that you can do in your life to fix this so of course somebody when you're standing right next to a table is going to ask you can you put a mask on oh wait actually the mask won't you need to double mask yeah. <laughs> okay. oh wait now you need a triple mask. yeah okay but luckily, I, and I encourage you all to go and watch this video on YouTube. Just type in mass psychosis and it will pop up for you uh, to to get to the end of the video, because the end of the video talks about uh, what we can do in this world where mass psychosis is the norm to make things better and hopefully make things better in the future. And what we can do is build parallels to what uh, the people who are experiencing this mass psychosis are doing. Uh, and that's what we are trying to do with this show. There's plenty of leftist podcasts who will go and tell you the same opposite, the, the exact opposite about all the stories that we're talking about. And we are Not the even parallel. Leftist, but mainstream anything. Mainstream right. media yeah. won't You're true. You. Which, yeah. yeah, they're all, so, yeah. they're all leftist now. I would say one thing, just real quick before we get into this other thing, sure. just about the, when Taylor was talking about being a free thinker, I just want to remind people that being a free thinker doesn't just mean that you think 
conservative ideas, it mm -hmm. means that you are looking for truth. And I think that's an yes. important thing to do. And that especially for us here at PragerU, we are not affiliated with any political organization. We're not affiliated with a party, with any legislation, any candidates, nothing like that. What we specialize in is the truth. And, you know, one thing for me lately, especially on my Twitter, if you guys follow me, I mean, I've been getting into stuff that's, you know, I feel is a lot bigger than just right versus left debates all the time and being a free thinker and looking at truth. And there are things that people on the quote unquote left say that I agree with more than people who in the GOP say, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like being a truth seeker does not mean that you are towing this line and saying, oh, well, I have to be a conservative on all this type of stuff. And I have to be, you know, aligned with the GOP and all these kind of things. That's not what it's really about. It's more looking at the truth and saying, okay, who are the people who are pushing us in this direction and how do we fight against that? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just as you're talking about that, like I'm someone who grew up in a religious household and we're going to talk a little bit more about religion in a second, but, um, even like in going into a conservative by, um, but buckle of the Bible belt, like Tulsa, Oklahoma area, um, growing up in the church culture and everything. And there's with that old school conservative culture, there's a lot of like dogma and ideas and, and practices and ways of thinking that are just handed to you and you're expected to just embrace them just because God said so or whatever. And it wasn't now that I had a weak faith because of that, because I just went along with what was handed to me. And then the storms of life hit and um, my beliefs were challenged. And I had to go through this long process of distilling out the uh, dogma that I was taught and trying to find the, is, is, do I have a faith worth holding onto? And now my faith is stronger than ever. Um, but it's because I actually thought for myself and I actually yeah. explored my beliefs. And I think even with conservative uh, ideas, don't just believe it because mm -hmm. so-and-so said that you like said so, Ex you know, challenge your beliefs. And, and we believe we, we kind of land on the conservative side most of the time because that that's just her, where we are. Mm -hmm. But, um, but we won't, we want to land on the truth. Like Will is saying, and that's, you, you need to learn to challenge the, what you're taught and not just go along with what's said, because that's how you end up in a side of mass psychosis, which we don't want. <laughs> no, that's well, a perfect summation. You can believe everything we say. <laughs> yeah. You that's uh, you can do that, and you're going to be just fine. But what everyone else says, take it with a grain of salt. Okay? <laughs> we're always right. Now we're going to show you guys an interview featuring Erica Commissar, who was, uh, you know, the recent guest in our five minute video on why even atheists should teach their children about God. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. So on today's program, we have Erica Commissar, a psychoanalyst, parent coach, and author. Her most recent book is Chicken Little, The Sky Isn't Falling, Raising Resilient Adolescents in the New Age of Anxiety. Erica, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. And so you just did a five-minute video for PragerU, which I absolutely loved as someone who was, you know, myself baptized about five months ago at this point. So the, these things about religion and teaching good values with God is super important to me. And one of the interesting points that you brought up in the video is the point about nihilism. And within people who are my age and even younger and Gen Z and just seeing people on social media, it seems like nihilism is now the norm for Americans, that people's look at life or they look at the country around them, even conservative people and even Christian people sometimes look at life around them and say things seem to be hopeless, seem, things seem to be meaningless. What is your definition of how we can fix this overending nihilist problem that we have in America? Well, you're right to say that, that, that it is epidemic. Um, I think the statistic is half of, um, and the research is half of those under 30 
don't believe in anything. Um, so that's 50% of people under 30 believe in this kind of belief in nothing. Um, so, you know, what to do about it when, when people are already adults? It's a little tricky. I mean, I, I'm someone who's into prevention. Um, and so the point of making this video is to say that when you're raising children, think about this stuff. You know, think about the fact that it's supportive for kids. Sorry that I'm going to get my phone to stop ringing. Um, supportive for kids to, ha to have a belief or faith in something. And so if you raise them with nothing, uh, with the thought that they'll choose something when they grow up, you're not really doing them any favors because um, faith or the belief in something or the ability to use your imagination in an optimistic, hopeful way is very critical to mental health. And so, you know, if if as an adult raising children, you raise your children that way, they're more likely to believe in something. Once you have someone in their 30s, well, you found it. Um, sometimes it takes a crisis or an adversity in your life or an emptiness or a, a crisis of mental health, anxiety or depression or a breakdown of some kind uh, or addiction of some kind often gets people to have to look inside and therefore look up above them as well. Um, so yeah, I would say that it's much easier with prevention than it is to address it later. Right. And that's I'm a little, I'll say first, I'm a little disappointed you thought I was in my 30s. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only 24 years old. <laughs> it's a mustache, I understand. And Thirty, but um... thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, now, what you just mentioned sort of hits home for me. I was raised by an atheist mother, and throughout the duration of my young life, she would go through uh, spurts in her life where we would go to different churches and experience that for maybe a couple of weekends, and then we'd go back to the the atheist lifestyle, and then it would be another church and back to an atheist lifestyle. And through that raising, I became an agnostic because I was getting so many uh, different influences, uh, whether that was toward God or away from God. So what is something that parents can do in their young child's life, a first step uh, to sort of influence them towards faith, even though they may be atheist? Well, let's call belief in God the, I mean, you might believe that God and faith is a concrete thing, and that's fine too. But we all have our own way of using our imagination to create something beautiful and hopeful for ourselves. So we don't just believe that there's nothing to, no meaning to our lives after we live them, right? And so it's encouraging imagination. It's also having imagination, right? So it's, it's far better to have imagination about what you believe in. So what I encourage young people to think about is use your imagination to think about um, continuity and what it means to you and something that's more hopeful. So it, it, it's like being disconnected from our imaginations, really. You know, they often say that having faith is the closest to, uh, to, to childhood in a way. Um, in Judaism, I'm Jewish, so in Judaism we believe that there are angels. People don't actually know that Jews do believe in angels. Um, and that you're born with all of the wisdom of the world and an angel taps you right here on this little part of your you know, lip here or whatever, makes this little mark and makes you forget everything you've known only to remember it again. So that brings us back to the fact that as children, we have imagination. And then as adults, we lose it. So a good part of faith and believing in the future is being able to use your imagination.
One thing that we've been seeing right now, we were actually just watching this video that we've been discussing before we got on this call with you, is about just how people are in the world today, specifically in America and in the West, kind of this mass psychosis of people. And one of the driving factors behind this is fear what we've seen happening. People are very afraid of the future. They're very afraid of the world they live in now. And so as a psychoanalyst, what do you see as the antidote to this fear problem that we're seeing right now in America? So we all face fears. There have always been fears, but the problem now is that we feel alone with our fears. That's really the problem. So what does faith do? It gives you, makes you feel less alone with your fears. Um, you know, you could turn to other people, but you're not always around other people and you're mostly with yourself. I mean, we are mostly with ourselves and our internal dialogue. And so if we have no one and nothing that we believe in that is guiding us and helping us and, um, you know, then we feel alone with our fear. So the problem is not fear. The problem is feeling alone with fear. Because fear has always been around. We're human beings. We're always going to feel afraid of things. There's always going to be things to be afraid of. You know, in the generation before me, it was war. It was, you know, World War II, my parents' generation. Um, you know, so, and nuclear destruction. So it's not as if we didn't always have fear. We just now feel emptier and more alone and more disconnected from real community. You know, in the video, I talk about why I promote the idea of, of, belief in something for your children and for yourself um, because it, it it has a lot of aspects including community um, and not feeling alone with our fears when we're with other people uh, we feel better and so you know religion offers a lot of things it offers belief in some guiding supporting force it, it offers empathy and gratitude but it also offers community and you feel less alone with your fear Amazing. I, I have one final question for you, and I want to show an article out of a Wall Street Journal. This one was written by Abigail Schreier. She talks about studies done on Generation Z. Uh, and this, this statement here, Generation Z exhibits higher rates of suicide and depression since studies began in 1950 and far higher rates of general pessimism than any generation during the 1960s. So how do we reinvigorate faith in a society? And are you hopeful that that's going to happen? There are many that speculate that once faith has been gone in a society or once a society has gone secular, there's no way to resurrect that belief. Are you hopeful in that sense? I am hopeful because I think as a therapist, listen, there are a lot of therapists that focus just on your thoughts and your feelings and your interior and but I've always believed and seen in my practice um, that there's always something missing, right? When you're treating depression and anxiety, there's always something missing. And people will find it in their own time. You can't force it. Um, if you try to force religion on people, they will reject it because they feel it's they'll be anti-authoritative about it. I think you find it in your own time, in your own way, and usually through your own adversities. I would say that often adversity or a feeling of aloneness or anxiety or depression bring you back to some faith. Um, the issue is making it possible for people to come back, meaning making it educating people that it, there's an open door there and that if you find that just going to your therapist and going to your psychiatrist and drugs aren't really doing it for you and talk therapy isn't enough, there's there's a spiritual, I will call it a spiritual piece that um, has to be addressed when we talk about mental health. And, and the way you get people 
to come to it is live it yourself. Model it for your friends. Show them that you are a whole person, that that spiritual peace fills you up in a way that drugs and alcohol and sex can't do um, and even work can't do. Um, in, in that, you know, sh model it for your friends and let them, what I call, peek over the cottage fence and see that it's working for you and it's working for your friends that are, are following some kind of belief. And they will then be curious too. I think being a role model is great advice. I, I don't think there are enough role models for young people nowadays, especially when it comes to faith. They have no one to look up to. All of the biggest people on social media and in the movies are doing obnoxious and basically anti-biblical things all the time. So having role models with the people who are closest to you is incredibly important. And people who are watching this right now should be striving to be that person for someone else in their lives. Yeah, uh, Erica, thank you so much for being on the program. Where can people find you? Where can people support you? So my website is www.comisar.com, K-O-M-I-S-A-R.com. And um, you can buy my books on that website. You can sign up for my newsletter. And you can follow me on Twitter, which is Erica Comisar, CSW, and on Instagram at Comisar Erica. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on. This has really been uh, an enlightening, enlightening discussion. Thank you for having me. Right. Great. I have to read a comment that my mom, well, it's not a comment. It's a text message my mom sent <laughs> okay. while we were doing this. Okay. Sure. Speaking about my mustache, she said, it is bigger than your whole face. Nobody is looking at your nice skin, your cute haircut, nice eyes. No, they're just looking straight at that thick, way too big thing on your face. <laughs> Leave it to Will's mom to just be straight. She's straight up. You guys are talking about fear and mass psychosis. My mom has a mass psychosis thinking that this mustache doesn't look good. Because it does. <laughs> it looks amazing. Okay? I've never looked better. That's right. We're all the crazy life. ones. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, you guys are all the crazy ones. They're going to tell you that you need to be afraid of the mustache. You need to wear mask eyes for the mustache. But, or eye masks. <laughs> Whatever. All right. This, this, this analogy is done. Okay. We're going to get into our fun Friday segment. Uh, this is titled Answer the Internet. And <laughs> that is OK. So these are not original questions. We took this. This is a game that Barstool pub publishes. It's an app you can download. So just for attribution, we're not stealing this. But uh, yes. yeah, we're going to get into some of these funny questions. And uh, Will and Amla are going to answer. We are going to answer. I haven't seen these questions yet. Uh, now Me I'm either. seeing them. But Taylor put them together for us. Taylor and Tyler. Here we go. Number one. If you were to have a role in the president's cabinet, what would it be? Ooh. Um, maybe the handle. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> maybe the drawer. You, you, yeah, you call me off for dad jokes. That was that pretty was awful. Really bad, that no, was a really bad... No one even came close to laughing. Hold on. Do I have a... Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I would probably be the Secretary of Defense. I was just going to say that. You're going to say that? Yeah. Wow. No. I would be the Secretary of Offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you guys have horrible. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. There's better ones. Um, Secretary of Education. Secretary of Education. I think oh, that's no. what I would want to do. Restructure the education system. Batgirl. 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 Yeah. Bat <laughs> uh. Okay, next one. You are a three-headed monster and need to select the other two heads. The first head is one of your idols. The second head is a person you hate. Who are you picking? Oh, wow. So I'm like a dragon? Yeah, and I'm yeah. one of the heads, and then there's two other heads, like yeah. a Hydra. One has to be a hero of yours or an idol, and then the other one has to be someone you hate. 
I have plenty of like political idols, but I don't think I want their head next to mine for eternity. Yeah. Like as much as I it's love Tom Soul, I don't think I want hot. a 90 year old Tom Soul next to I'm me for the rest of my life. Just tell him you're going to pick me as the <laughs> idol and Will as the person that you hate. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, you got anything? I was going to say they got to be someone hot because if you're going to be with them for eternity. Uh, sure. I mean, that's an interesting, well, so yeah. interesting <laughs> bit of logic. So Taylor. Scott, um, obviously. Yeah, Scott. Um, uh, probably, if it has to be someone I hate, probably I don't Bill know Gates. That I, okay. Probably Solid. Bill Gates and then um, Dennis Prager. Except neither of them are hot. <laughs> Dennis would be cool to have next to you for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. So you're the looks, Dennis is the brains, Bill is the, the money, the money. cash. The money. <laughs> <laughs> He's All the right, billfold. What's yours? Uh, second person, Jeffrey Bezos. <coughs> First person, oh, bless you. Um, oh, although not? I don't like saying that I hate anybody, but Jeff Bezos, first person is going to be, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go based off Will's answer and do Alan Estrin, oh, <laughs> our what? other co-founder. We have lots of interesting conversations. <laughs> yeah. yeah for eternity. Yeah. For eternity. Great conversation for eternity. All right. Next. Okay. Taylor, it's your turn. Oh. Well, you guys overthought this way too much. Mm -hmm. Jesus and the devil. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Gandalf and Saruman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Scott, Tyler, any any answers or anything interesting to say? Oh, I got their mic muted. Here you go. Oh. Get your get your face up in there. You go. You go first. Oh gosh. Someone, it's okay not to have an answer. You have two it? seconds, or we move to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Idols. One person you. Love one I'm person gonna pick, It's going to be something sporty. I don't know if you guys know a guy named Tim Kennedy. I'm a big fan of this guy, Tim. Oh, Kennedy. yeah. Okay. He's an awesome guy. He's a butt kicker. He would, yeah. He'd UFC be like my fighter, bodyguard. special forces. And then someone I hate. Ooh. One second left. I, I like the Jeff Bezos pick. Okay. Not, not Fair enough. It's a bald, bald mm -hmm. head. No, no bald heads. Scott, anything? I'd have to go with. A comedian, especially if they're going to stick with me for eternity. Oh, good yeah. choice. So, no, you could choose me. A Norm McDonald. <laughs> Norm, Norm McDonald. You know, it's just sitting choice. right there. And someone I hate. Um, shoot. Uh, do they have to be living? No, they don't. Amy Schumer. <laughs> Another yeah. comedian. Yeah. That would be yeah. good. <laughs> have to keep, it, yeah. 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 keep it in the Two comedians. All right, let's keep moving. One comedian. And to the internet, if you were to transform it into any black guy or girl, who would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this isn't our question. This it's from the so, game. I I know, but it's, it's just so weirdly, weirdly worded. If you, imagine a crazy scenario where you were black. Yeah, it would be totally crazy if I was a black girl. It would be so I wild. Imagine what be like <laughs> if I were to be any black person, Michael Jordan. No, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Yeah, for Interesting. sure. That'd be yeah. That's easy. Tiger Woods. Isn't he half Thai? No, he's three quarters Asian, one quarter black. Oh well. What percentage so. are we making the threshold? <laughs> <laughs> one quarter. One quarter is enough for me. Uh, Tom Sowell. Yes. Oh, mm. see, that's good. But he's 90. You want to be 90? Yeah. yeah. You want to fast track to 90 years Whenever old? Whenever the good Lord's ready to take me. <laughs> okay, Scott, t Tyler, anything? I don't have anything yet. You go first this time. Ooh, I would, I would have to go with... Uh, Michael Jordan's a good one. Yeah, I Michael mean, Jordan's great. Yeah. Behind Tiger Woods, for sure. Yeah, though. yeah. Tiger Woods is so rich. I'm going Clarence Thomas. Oh, nice. you guys are icon. Boring. 
I'm, now money. I need to, I feel like I need to pick a black girl. You guys all picked black males. Oh, we're all men. You have to choose a white person. Mm, oh, I have to choose a white person? Yeah, you choose a white person. <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> hey, you could do a lot of good if you're Jeffrey Bezos. Stand, yeah, yeah. you good. I stand right. All right, keep going. Okay. What's your ultimate nightmare social situation? Social situation. Like a party or some sort of thing? Like that yeah, I awkward. would never want to be at? Mm-hmm. Um, when people at the party don't know, I can name all 151 Pokemon in order. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a nightmare. For yeah, that's such a nightmare for you. Okay. Mine would be, we were at lunch the other day. I think we mentioned this. We, a, lot, a lot happens at lunch lately. It does. Um, but there were these like three Karens at this table next to us, like these middle-aged white women, which I have no problem Definitely with. Definitely not middle-aged. <laughs> but they're older? Yeah, older. Okay, older, like they're 60s? Older. Yeah. Anyway, 60s, 70s. 60. I'm sure they were nice ladies, but these ladies in particular were just gossiping <laughs> relentlessly. They're just talking crap about, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, about other women. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't focus on it. We were trying not to listen to them, but it was so like just, I don't know. Well, Cecilia's we- daughter's wedding shower, the so-and-so was late to that. And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, no, oh she God. didn't. That's my nightmare social scenario. Patty's personality is just so strong. That's why I didn't invite her. It's just so strong. You should have invited her. She said she was coming. I can't. Inv- Last time I invited her, she was so covert. I'm telling you. She just kept talking about other people as if we're not talking about other people. She reminds me of my mother. <laughs> I hate my mother. <laughs> That's exactly how they were talking. I know. They're just talking crap about all of their friends. And we were like, oh, there's like these three ladies. <laughs> like an hour straight. An hour. <laughs> and there's just those three women there. And there's three women at another Mexican restaurant. The three that they're talking about, just talking crap about them <laughs> yeah. at the other restaurant. It's like a great comedy sketch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you, Jaffo, for your super chat, by the way. Uh, I'm going to give the answer. I would hate to be surrounded by like a group of... Fresh into the fraternity, 18 year old boys who are just like super drunk. I think that's like my nightmare. I think that's <laughs> Jeez, my so dark. <laughs> I think it's like okay. my. Uh, yeah, you know, like, no, at, yeah. like I would hate to be at a frat party that right now. Really that's terrible, my social yeah. nightmare. That's my social nightmare. So basically, Will, like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My Will, life. three years ago, is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Room full of Will, Willie Wits. <laughs> Yo, get the keg. Um, Scott, Tyler, anything? Well, what I was going to say, I was going to be stuck in a room with 10 Wills with that mustache. <laughs> oh, I roast. think you'd like that. That's <laughs> a good answer. I'd have to say, prior to working here at PragerU, it would be a sober karaoke party with my coworkers. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. That's Terrible. bad. I feel the same awful. way now. That is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah I definitely. feel the same way now. Yeah, no, yeah. you have to drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, if you were the opposite sex for the day, what would you do? Answer appropriately, also, <laughs> <Okay>. boys. <laughs> boys, answer appropriately. Um, if I was the opposite sex, but let's define what sex really is first. Oh my God. gosh, there's boy, there's girl. You boys would be girls. Okay. I would bust the gender I, wage gap myth. Yeah. <laughs> if I were the opposite sex for the day, I would become transgender. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and become a boy again because it's way better i don't know what i would do if i was a man for a day amla would make a dollar for every 75 cents <laughs> <you see. laughs> i would be making a lot more money ladies and gentlemen um i don't know what i would do as a man that's any different than what if i would I were do. a woman for a day um probably sell things on instagram 
like an influencer or yeah (laughs) (laughs) well am i a hot girl yeah well assuming do i still have a mustache (laughs) (laughs) no that doesn't come with the deal Uh, then i'd probably do the trans thing oh my gosh scott tyler one girl said i would pee standing up oh that's well you'd kind of have to yeah i don't yeah not necessarily but anyways sorry scott go ahead i'd have to say i would go horseback riding because it's (laughs) yeah no it's smart yeah it'd be a lot more fun this this second time around right 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 i'd go on a seesaw I was expecting all of you guys to say, like, I would go to a bar and just get free drinks, like, all night. Nobody said that. I don't want to deal with dudes hitting on Yeah, me. exactly. It's gross. <laughs> if I was a man, I would walk Because I'd obviously be a myself. beautiful girl, so. <laughs> <laughs> guys would definitely be yeah. hitting on me. And you would still have the same name, Taylor. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's why I would go to a bar and just not be bothered. Ever. <laughs> my parents anybody. are very progressive. They gave me, my middle name is Christian, so I'm Taylor Christian. I have two unisex names. Nice. Thanks Never, a lot, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Never trust someone with two last, two first names. Tyler, anything before we move on? I joined the uh, U.S. National Olympic weightlifting <laughs> team. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a winner. Yeah. We should be voting on who's got yeah, the best seriously, answer. I know. I know. We'll do that next time. We will do that next time. All right. Next question. Are you smarter than Christopher Columbus? What about the most brilliant minds in the Renaissance? I'm going to um, go ahead and say no. Well, Christopher Columbus is a whole different thing, but I'm going to go ahead and say Brilliant Minds in the Renaissance, definitely not. Um, Are you smarter than Leonardo da Vinci? Are you smarter than Voltaire? (laughs) I almost said DiCaprio. I know, I (laughs) heard it. DiCaprio, yeah. I heard it. (laughs) Da Vinci, no. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He must have been pretty smart. Yeah, he was. His writing is is very eloquent. Yeah, I, I don't know. All I know is that I'm way... With how many natives he slaughtered, he people. must have been very smart. <laughs> All I know is I'm way more wealthy than with, any of these people. With how effectively he perpetuated genocide, uh, he's got to be a pretty brilliant man. That's not what you want to say. I know. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Obviously, that's yeah, not. This is sarcasm about the leftist uh, narrative. Yes, around it. Sorry. obviously, it's not true. Christopher Columbus did a great things. <laughs> he did do great things. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say no. All right. Just, just I, don't I think know. we should just move past this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. this is a good one. If you found out your life was the Truman Show, what would you be most proud that people saw and what would you be most embarrassed about? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I want to hear Will's answer to this. <laughs> oh, you put this on just for Will. Um, most proud? The mustache. Probably the mustache. No, probably... I don't, I don't want to like self brag. I feel bad. I don't just, really just want to. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, it I'll do it. <laughs> if you're going to bend fine, my arm. Fine. If you're going to bend my arm, I'll say good things about myself. Um, maybe my convictions. Okay. Yeah. I'm if strong. I say I strong. believe something. Uh, I, anyone who knows me personally in my personal life knows I can be quite stubborn. I think all of you who are watching the show can probably know <laughs> I'm, I can be quite stubborn. So, but if I believe in something and I know it's the truth, I am very convicted in it and I won't waver on what I know that that the truth is. So I would hope that people would be proud of that. Uh, Most embarrassed about? Oh man, I don't know. Lord, you're most embarrassing. I'm trying to think about something embarrassing that has happened. I'm sure I, I know I do embarrassing things, but. What is something embarrassing that has happened I don't know if I want to. 
I've done like musical performances where I've completely forgotten the words. That's been pretty embarrassing. Um, I think most proud is that I think I'm a pretty I'm a pretty nice person in general. I try to be nice like everybody. I was um, talking about this to people the other day uh-huh. that being called nice is like the worst. No, it's not. Thing. Like oh oh I met that girl Amala and they're like oh yeah she's nice. No, but if they're like, she's super nice. Like, she's so she's so nice. No, it's not a good compliment. Yes, it is a if good compliment. Kind, if you're kind. Well, okay, well, then I'll rephrase it. I think I'm kind to people that I meet. Yes, yeah, sometimes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Everybody except Will. <laughs> Let yeah, me be honest. Exactly. Everyone except for me. <laughs> no, Chopped I'm very nice to here. Will. No, I'm very nice to Will, too. Nice um, to most embarrassing. Oh, it would definitely be some of the arguments that I got in as a, got into as a leftist. That's, I don't even want to watch it. Yeah. I don't want to see it. That's pretty embarrassing. Oh, we know. still need to do that debunk yourself video. We do. Mm-hmm. Where you, yeah, Amla has a speech as a do that next week. She needs to debunk. What would you say to him? Um, I would say most proud. I'm a firm believer that the better someone knows you, the more they should respect you. And so I would be proud of, like you said, like my convictions. I feel like I'm pretty consistent with those and, mm-hmm. and live them out. So I'd be proud for people to see that. Um, and on the other side, um, I don't know, maybe how much time I spend on Twitter. Cause that's a lot. My mm-hmm. fiance doesn't like it. <laughs> really? But, she uh, complain? yeah. Oh man. That's tough. I'm getting better. Yeah. It's rough. But it's like, it's, it's where I get all my info. Yeah. 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 It's so efficient. Say, it's embarrassing so... how much disc golf I watch. <laughs> I watch so much disc golf. I that's put it funny. on like every single night and just, it just plays while I do work and every, everything else. Scott Tyler. I would say I w- I'm going to go with the most embarrassing thing first. It's probably uh, how often I've reread both Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. The very Harry Potter one's embarrassing. The Lord of the Rings one isn't embarrassing. Both that should be your proudest one. Those are both very proud accomplishments. <laughs> no, one of uh, them. Is. Most proud. Most proud. Um, I don't know. Same I, I, thing. Yeah, I feel like the convictions. <laughs> Same the convictions <laughs> yeah, most proud. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, the convictions is that's that's a great answer. I I think you know I've. I've held true to, to what I believe in and uh, stood firm and, um, you know, you can always stand more firm, right. um, which is why we're all here. Yeah. Tyler? My most proud would probably be, so in seventh grade, decided I wanted to go to medical school and I'm now applying to medical school currently, like seven years later. No, hey. more than seven years. How many is? Nine years later. So nice. very proud of myself for that. And then... Most embarrassing would probably have to be that I haven't read Lord of the Rings. I feel so left out. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel embarrassed. No, it's embarrassing. No, it's not at all. What kind of doctor are you going to be? Like Dr. Jill Biden? (laughs) (laughs) Or like a real doctor? He's going to be a real doctor. doctor. Pediatrics. Pediatrics? Possibly. Wow, you can work work with children. That's very true. That is what pediatrics means. I know. All right, next question. Next question. How famous does somebody have to be in order for their murder to be considered an assassination? Assassination is spelled wrong, so we're just going to move on. But yeah. Oh, come on. Okay. That was a funny meme on there, though. Call an ambulance. Call an ambulance, but not for me. I think if the president knows who you are, unless you are the president. If the president knows who you are, then you're an assassinated. You're assassinated and not murdered. I think. It depends on the reason the person killed you. I think uh, if they kill you to stop you from doing something or to stop you from like following through with the plan, that's an assassination. If they just kill you because you're famous, that's think, just murder. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm pretty like, sure assassination has like was motive. John, was John Lennon 
assassinated or murdered? Murdered. Right. So I think it's if you hold political office or something. But anyways. This is an interesting, I don't know. It's an yeah, interesting thing to think about. Right, I next. think it's like if you hold influence and you're trying to do something and somebody kills you, that's an assassination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. That's if how famous killed, you'd have to be. If someone, <laughs> if someone killed you, it's an assassination. <laughs> if somebody killed me or you, it would probably be an assassination because we are, act- if they killed us because of politics, it would uh-huh. be an assassination. But not Taylor. Oh, or Taylor. Yeah. No, nah, not Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, it would just be a murder. Taylor just got clapped. (laughs) (laughs) Iced. (laughs) Iced. He ain't around no more. Okay, next question. If you had to be Noah in Noah's Ark and you could only save two people from each race, who would you save? All right. Black, Tiger Woods, and Michael Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) They can't even procreate. Yeah, but they can teach the rest of the world how to. Didn't we establish this? Shouldn't Tiger count as Asian? No. no. 75% He He counts as black. All right, he counts as black. Um, Asian, Lucy Liu. Oh my gosh, why? What's your reasoning? Because she saw it. Yep, I knew it. Lucy I knew Liu it. and uh, Confucius. Confucius <laughs> not even... Do they have to be alive? <laughs> to be saved from a flood? I think so. Um, <clears throat> I can't answer this question. I don't know. There's too white, many things to think about. White, um, me... And Paula Dean. I thought you were gonna say me and Amala. <laughs> <laughs> me and Taylor. <laughs> me, no, me and Hot Scott. I would save me and Hot Scott. You did oh, not sure. say me in the black category or the white category. <laughs> no. Why would I? It didn't have we're a trying to category. repopulate the earth, Amala. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not picking I think favorites. I'm cry. That's really mean. Oh, I didn't man. pick my mom or anyone else. Wow. I'm more important <laughs> than my mom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any answers to this. All right, let's move to the next one. It's too much let's, to think about. There's too many more. We should like move them quicker. Uh, which was a weirder moment for each group to see? Native Americans seeing Europeans ride in on ships or Europeans seeing Native Americans living on the land? Definitely Native Americans seeing Europeans ride in on ships. Yeah, 100%. That would be super spooky. That would be terrifying to think that you've yeah. lived on this land your entire existence and nobody else has known about you and you didn't know about other people and then these people that don't look anything like you just show up i know that's terrifying i know that's terrifying yeah. are you saying white people are scary looking <laughs> if i'd never seen so a white person kind of before racist. in my life and what and you just showed up in front of my house taylor i would be scared <laughs> well taylor's a scary looking guy regardless of i'd race. be scared of you too will most people are <laughs> Yeah, don't you guys, do you concur? Yeah, I think yeah, I concur. Right okay. Answer. If you could erase one thing from your mind so you could relive it for the first time again, what would it be? Mm. Bill's first mustache. <laughs> I don't know. Um, probably, probably my first croissant. I love croissants. <laughs> so random. <laughs> I love cr- <laughs> a first croissant. <laughs> and you have bread. Uh, of all for the things so you could have chosen. You, it's amazing. Either that or rewatching Lord of the Rings. Oh, that was going to be mine. Yeah, you stole it. Oh, sorry. All right, fine. I'll take. Us. I'll take the croissant answer. All right. Well, I love a good croissant. Yeah, I was going to say either Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Just not 
I've seen both of those so many times. <clears throat> yeah. Lord of the Rings, especially. I can't even watch anymore because I just know everything that's going to happen and be yeah. said. Yeah. Wouldn't it be crazy if we just watched it tonight, Taylor? Yeah. We Together. Over I'm not saying it. I want cuddled to. Cuddled on the couch. <laughs> but if you did, I mean, yeah. I'd do it, you know. Yeah, wouldn't it be so weird if we cuddled together and watched Lord of the Rings? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Scott, Scott, wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys just came over and, you know. That'd, uh, that'd be so weird. <laughs> If I had to play, I, I'm going to play off your answer and say, like, watching the Studio Ghibli movies for the first time again. Those movies are amazing. And I watched them as a kid, so it was a great experience. Next one. If you ate yourself, would you double in size or disappear? You would slowly disappear. It looks like Danny DeVito in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the trash man. I uh, throw trash everywhere. If you ate yourself, would you double in what? You disappear slowly until you died, until you ate enough of yourself to die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> This is really messed up to think. I'm thinking about it <laughs> to, logically. Like, poop yourself out. Well, <laughs> like, well, up. matter, you know, matter doesn't just evaporate. I mean, it's still there's still matter and energy. So that mm -hmm. that matter would have to go somewhere. I don't know where it'd go, but you'd die for you'd sure. Die. Yeah, you'd die you'd for sure. Die. You'd die before you even finish. Yeah, the task. I don't even think you could do it. I couldn't even you eat couldn't. a finger. Obviously, you couldn't do it. But next, is it embarrassing for a man to get manicures slash pedicures? No. Oh gosh. Nope. Um, My answer is no. Yes. Tyler, but why also, did you do the White House influencer <laughs> on this picture? Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's yes and no. See, that is terrifying. No, men can That's get... my social nightmare. Listen, I've gotten pedicures. I've gotten manicures. With, with the White House intern guy? Yeah, exactly. We do it together. And we watch Lord of the Rings together. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do, like, I'll get my, you know, like, cleaned up. You just get, like, your hands cleaned up. And, like, they have those male, like, the men pedicure... Manicure places. <laughs> <laughs> They're made for men. This is okay. one where it's you're, one that's called like it's you're called not like, going to convince me I'm the crazy one no, on this one. <laughs> they have no, like bourbon no. there, and it's like all it's super cool and like it's like a man place. Mm, I see you know? women bring their husbands to get pedicures done. They don't do color on their nails or anything yeah, exactly. like that. It's fine. It's fine. It's not embarrassing. You it's tell okay. me, men out there watching, you go get a pedicure. You call it gay now. You go get a pedicure. You tell me it's not the best thing that's ever happened to you. Last time I went to go get a pedicure, I was like not looking good at all. No makeup, no nothing. Just wearing like sweatpants. And this guy walks up to me after getting his pedicure and was like, are you Amla for breaking you? <laughs> and so that was interesting. Those and I didn't nice feel feet. it wasn't embarrassing. It should be illegal for well, men to get pedicures. It should be illegal? It should be illegal. Oh Listen, my gosh. I should go to jail. Will is normally the one with hot pedicure. takes. Now it's you, Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. We need a total and complete shutdown of... Man getting pedicures. Okay, now this is this next one is just really an advice question. How do you get out of accidentally sending screenshots of your text back to the person who sent them? Okay, it depends on who the person is. Yeah. If this is like a boy that you like and you screenshot the text and like you're sending it to somebody and you send it back to the boy that you like. You just got to own up. You either own up or you're like, oh, that, that <laughs> my really... My finger slipped, whoops. No. <laughs> I accidentally clicked both sides of my phone and then sent it to you. Or just send it like you were going to say something nice about him. Like, oh, that really cute guy messaged me and then send it. And it's like an accident. It's like, oops, he knows that you like him. Uh -huh. There you go. Uh -huh. Just use it to your own advantage. Oh, yeah. you mean like write a fake text message to the person? Yeah, after like yeah, once yeah. you realize, go like, That's oh, smart. no. And then write like, oh, that really cute guy, Matt, texted me back and like yeah. send it. So and then you're like, how much a simp this guy you'll just be like oh I'm, i sent that by accident i'm so sorry yeah do you think he I knows i like him <laughs> i wish he would ask me out on friday night i'm not doing I'm totally free yeah that's how you play that off in my opinion that is my advice to you oh no that's good um what does the guy do will if you accidentally send that to a girl yeah the same thing you just oh say, the girl a girl would love that yeah 
You just say, oh, meant to send that to the boys. Yeah. No. It's so weak for a guy to be sending screenshots of a yeah. conversation with a girl to someone. No, you shouldn't. Who would you be sending you that to? You shouldn't be doing it. Your best friend. Well, unless the girl's no, like, you don't do you that. You know, if you're I know like guys talking don't do to it. a girl and she says like, oh, I love you or something. And then you send it to the boys and you're like, look what she just said. I think she you might know. be the one, mom. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mom, will you come back now? I found someone. Okay, now let's switch the narrative. What if you screenshotted like an argument and you accidentally sent it back to the same person? Then what do you do? I don't know. Now you're in the hot seat. You say I, your argument sucked and I was going to send it around so people could see how bad it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would do either. But you have to do something. You can't just leave it there. Right. You I just think, own up to it that you accidentally sent it to them. There's too many levels of imagination to this. Like I'm imagining <laughs> having an argument. At that point you just block Imagining them. accidentally screenshotting and I'm imagining how to get out of it. Yeah, exactly. How many layers deep are we in this inception? Yeah, so just block them. <laughs> 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 it's like your you wife and you just yeah, block them i can't do this it's worse <laughs> i can't do this anymore if i accidentally send a screenshot to someone i'm just gonna block them. just walk away yeah just this is too just, much to try and throw me. your phone in the ocean yeah. and get it, be done so with it yeah, get a new number get a new number, <laughs> get a new number. uh we got her to cry, ladies and gentlemen. Success. All right, uh, next. Worst possible place to get caught publicly urinating. Well, first of all, I would never. Secondly. Me neither. <laughs> the best place is San Francisco. You said that like you've done it. Yeah, San Francisco. Um, worst possible place? I mean, I guess like a children's school or something. Oh, obviously. Wow. That's obviously the worst place. <laughs> that would be pretty terrible. That would be pretty terrible. At work. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a senior home? home. <laughs> Something but like that one that. could, I don't know. Could might be more of a normal thing. They probably thing do that. Like yeah. that. Yeah. They don't know where they are. Yeah. But yeah, a daycare center or something yeah. like that. At what age or moment does one officially become a man slash woman? Ooh. I mean, puberty, right? The day they choose their yeah. gender. <laughs> I mean yeah I think I don't know well it's interesting different cultures through history and, and have those initial those ceremonial moments where it's like okay right. you're you were a boy now you're a man mitzvah, sweet 16s. Exactly. I yeah. think that's actually a healthy thing and I think it sucks that America doesn't have, have yeah. that in our culture I think it's when your when you get a two to one kill death ratio on Call of Duty <laughs> is when you finally become a man. I don't know. A thirteen year old to me is not a woman. No. So it's like to have a ceremony based around a sixteen year old to me is not a woman. So I don't know that that those ceremonial things are um, actually reflective of becoming a man or becoming a woman. Uh, I don't know. I feel like when you're but living, I think, like, I think, I think a man, having a government say, "Oh, you're 18 now, you're an adult," is is totally arbitrary and no. it has has no bearing on what about like, like your living maturity? on your own and being self sufficient? Is that womanhood and manhood? Yeah, I, th I think it's associated there with are, taking responsibility. Yeah, yeah, there are man children out there for sure. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, say get in a fight, drink a beer, <laughs> kiss a woman, go back to <laughs> work the next day. And you're a man. Yeah, <laughs> do those three things, you're gonna be a man. Okay, fair enough. All right, That's next question. Take. Stereotypically speaking, what's the thing all white guys need to be able to do? Black guys, Asian guys. All white guys need to be able to not be able to dance. Uh, 
What's Play- that stereotypical? I would say mow a lawn. You need to be able to throw lawn. a frisbee. <laughs> Wear New Balance sneakers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not have style. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> That's stereotypical. <laughs> I have Black guys need to be able to what? Shoot a dunk, basketball. Dunk a basketball. Yeah, dunk a basketball. <laughs> Asian guys, do math. <laughs> do math. <laughs> right? Win a spelling bee. I guess that's more of an Indian guy thing than an Asian guy thing. Ah, either or. Yeah, either or. Either or. Either or. Those India's are the stereotypes. Those are the stereotypes. Someone said, "Have a white boy summer for white men." <laughs> that's right, Chet. If you could be a ghost and hunt one person, who would it be? Will Wit. Easy. I would love that. Yeah. That would you be too? hilarious. If you guys all came and haunted me. Hilarious. 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 So Jennifer Rubin. Do you know who that is? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Thank you, Cybra, for Worst your super chats. Twitter. Oh my gosh. Yeah, mine would probably be Dr. Fauci. <laughs> How do you like being scared? <laughs> <laughs> How do you like being scared? I took your masks, Fauci. What you gonna do? <laughs> That's hilarious. If you could wake up and only have two jabs. Mm, if you could open a school of life to learn real life valuable things, what would you teach? How to be a lady. That would be my class. Probably cooking. Oh, cooking nice, classes. nice, nice. I'd say personal finance. It's like one of the biggest things people are kids are not taught in public school. That but you have to be to good know. at it. I know. I'm not very good at it. So, <laughs> but it should be taught. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not good at it. I'm not irresponsible. No, you're not. No, you're not irresponsible. No, but. I think it should be taught. I wish I was taught with like all the official yeah, stuff. Of course, like, I had, like having to calculate, learn about interest rates and learn about loans when you're buying a car is like, it's way too late. You, yeah, you have to, no like, idea what you're doing. No, you need yeah. to understand all that stuff like way before. Yeah. Like mortgages and stuff. Like people make such terrible decisions again, even student loans. Like it is yeah. criminal that kids can take out loans when they're 18 and have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Right. I'll do cooking or um, persuasion classes. Oh, someone said the constitution. That's good. That's good. Nice. Next one. Oh, is that it? We're out of it. Oh, that's it. We're done. We did it, guys. Wow. We went over time. We yeah. went way oh, yeah. over time. Time flies. Fifteen minutes when you're over time. Fun. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys have interesting so questions good. like that that you'd like us to answer, send them in. Uh, put them in the comments if they get yeah. upvotes. And you gotta, if you want them to be answered, you gotta follow Amal and I on social media, and then send it to us, and then follow us and like all of our pics. And yes. then we might choose your question. And if you made it this far in the stream that you are still watching, when the stream ends, drop down below six words that signify your summer. My six words are move to Los Angeles, hated it. Those are my six words. Put them down below in the comments with a little sun emoji if you made it this far. And we will choose the best ones to talk about on the stream on Monday at 2.30 PST. If you guys like this stream, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every time we go live. And if you don't want to watch us, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Go on those apps, leave us a five-star review. It will really help for you to support us and get other people listening to what we have to say. Break them out of the mass psychosis and one thing that's going to help break them out of this mass psychosis is actually a rally that's going to be taking place on saturday will you want to tomorrow tomorrow in los angeles at the la city ls la city hall i'm going to be speaking it starts at 2 p.m i don't think i'll be speaking until later in the day um but this should be a lot of people there a lot of people coming to speak show their support against these vax mandates that we're seeing across america right now so i will be there at la city hall tomorrow at 2 p.m hope to see you guys there showing your support Mm -hmm. and just showing that you know you support people's right to choose support people's freedom awesome thank you guys so much for watching we will see you again back on monday bye Peace. peace